Goldthorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Nancy Cavanici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen anyone get So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt, sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record. 9.68, the wind is okay. How easy was that? It is Off The Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you today for another exciting interview episode and we're creating history today on Off The Podium. The first time we've had two athletes on at the same time, a dual interview, which is very, very exciting for us to do, especially when we're learning about a brand new sport, the sport of wrestling. No, not the one with the chairs and the ladders and the cages, the actual wrestling, the real wrestling, the Olympic wrestling we have on the line today to talk to you two athletes connor evans and Jaden lawrence both australian wrestlers who sadly are not about to compete in tokyo unfortunately for both of them they missed out so close and we're going to hear just how close they did get to making the team and it's actually a bit of an interesting uh, olympics for australia when it comes to the sport of wrestling you will hear us talk about this is the first time australia will not have any competitors in the sport of wrestling in a hundred years which in itself is a very sad fact and we're going to find out a little bit about why that is the case but it's actually a really great very interesting chat here with both Jaden and connor because as you hear me explain this is a sport that i know very little about it's a sport that you only do ever generally see in australia during the olympics or the commonwealth games and for a lot of australians their first real exposure to the sport of wrestling came in sydney 2000 with roy and hg's sort of joke commentary that they did on their show the dream and of course a lot of people therefore formed an opinion of the sport and probably know little about how it actually works so Jaden and connor are great in this chat here explaining how the sport works how the scoring system works just exactly how you get points in this sport and it's very fascinating to kind of learn the details about a sport that again as i said australians really aren't that exposed to for our canadian listeners today it's obviously probably going to be a little bit different as canada has a bit of a history with the sport of wrestling so therefore that might be not exactly new but for our australian listeners like myself this is very new and very informative both jane and connor are great here share some great stories from their time competing in the sport bit of uh fun here poking some fun at some uh rivals across the way as well as learning who we should be watching out for come the tokyo olympics when it comes to the sport of wrestling so i think you're all going to enjoy this chat as much as i am going to enjoy bringing it to you today our chat with australian wrestlers Jaden lawrence and connor evans We inch closer and closer to Tokyo 2020 or 2021, however you want to classify it. Uh, We're continuing to learn a bit more about some of the sports at the Olympics and speak to some athletes who compete in those. And I'm very excited to learn more today about the sport of wrestling, a sport that, as I've just mentioned to our two guests off air, I know very little about outside of getting to watch it every four years or every uh, couple other years at the Commonwealth Games. I think as a kid, I was 
First introduced to it by the esteemed Roy and HG, doing some lovely commentary of it back in the Sydney Olympic Games, as I think a lot of Australians probably were, and it's probably not the best way to get some education from the sport. But uh, we've got two guests on the show today who are going to teach us a little bit more about it. Uh, first, I'd like to welcome uh, Jaden Lawrence, a freestyle wrestler. Jaden, first of all, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. Thank, uh, glad to be here. And also another freestyle wrestler as well, uh, Connor Evans. Connor, also welcome to Off the Podium. It's a pleasure to have you on as well. Thanks very much for having me. Now, first of all, let's get the one question out of the way that you get every single bloody day. Uh, this wrestling is real, right? This is the real one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think I can speak for both myself and Jaden. We actually started wrestling because we thought it was WWE. <laughs> um, and then obviously turned out, realized it wasn't, but kind of fell in love with the sport after that. Yes, yes. Jaden, there's no steel chairs in this one, right? There's no ladder, <laughs> ladders and cage matches. No, no, no. There's no, uh, <laughs> but, but it's, uh, <laughs> but it, he's right. It's, it's how, well, before, that's how uh, most of the wrestlers actually started in uh, the, in uh, in Australia. Is they, they thought it was the uh, the WWE, but then they, they transitioned. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That's that's how mainly people start. <laughs> is it is it a disappointment then when you do rock up to like a wrestling gym and all of a sudden you go, oh crap, where, where where's the, the the ring? Where's you know where's Vince McMahon? This isn't what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was uh, it was a good transition. It was, it was fun from the very first day I stepped on the mat. <laughs> Great, great. So, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll direct this one to you, Connor, and then Jaden, by all means, chime in afterwards. I mean, sort of was that, as a kid, you were watching things like the WWE and kind of that just did spark that passion for sort of like a, a kind of a physical combat sort of sport? Was it always was it always wrestling? Was it kind of, you know, looking at other sort of uh, combat sports along the way? To be honest, like, as a kid, I never really looked to getting into combat sports. Um, I think my dad was keen to get me out of the house and off the PlayStation because I spent a bit too much time in it, so... Um, <laughs> I tried soccer, I tried swimming, I tried a bunch of different stuff and wrestling just happened to be the one that kind of stuck. So um, I, I did like watch a little bit of professional wrestling. I was never majorly into it, but I was like, oh, cool, I'll give it a crack. And then, um, like like you say, I turned up to my first training session. I was a little bit disappointed when there wasn't like a, a ring or like where I could jump off the top rope or anything like that. But then I actually tried the session and loved it and stuck with it since pretty much. Jaden, was it a similar case for you? Yeah, I, I, I was playing uh, soccer at the time um, when I when I first started. But then my cousin, cousin Lynn, my cousins were uh, were quite into the WWE, and then he he found this found the um, a place that did freestyle wrestle, and then uh, brought me along the next week. And uh, yeah, it, it's uh, and I quit soccer the year after, and then just kept wrestling because of how much I love. So yeah. Bit a bit of a difference from soccer to wrestling, uh, just yeah. Just slightly. I never did, did. I did nothing, no combat sports before it. Like I did gymnastics, soccer, but nothing like that at all. But um, I just found quite natural at it, and yeah, enjoyed it straight off the bat. Because a lot of time we have wrestling camps, um, we play soccer during our like uh, cool down periods, and Jaden's definitely a better wrestler than a soccer player. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lucky I did the transition eh, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> None of you are going to be sort of, uh, you know, yeah, switching sports anytime soon then, perhaps. Uh, no. <laughs> going that way. Uh, I mean, I'll start with you, Jaden, with this one, sort of when you do go along to, to a local wrestling club. I mean, what was kind of that scene uh, sort of like? I mean, was was it a, a booming sport? Were there many people doing it? 
or was it kind of a bit opposite back in the day when you sort of got into it? When I first started, uh, there was there was a few, um, you know, kids in, in the, because I started when I was nine years old in Australia. Um, it was a few, there was I, I reckon there was more kids probably back then to now, um, but it is started going again slowly now. But um, it it didn't. At the time, apart from overseas, because overseas there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of kids, uh, depends on the country. But um, at the time, I thought, you know, this is a lot of people, but now I say it's not a lot of people. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Connor, was it a similar thing for you? Yeah, so uh, I was a started wrestling back in Scotland when I was um, six. But um, there's a pretty similar kind of scene in Scotland as to Australia, like we've... Um, we had a lot of kids, but in terms of like the world level, it was we couldn't really compete with a lot of the international um, countries. Um, and then same sort of thing, it, it started to get not so much dying as a sport, but like the numbers started to drop off a bit. But now that um, MMA is kind of back in fashion, I guess, like more and more people have started coming into the sport. So it's like with the, with the introduction of MMA and Jiu-Jitsu, it's obviously helped us grow a bit as well. Um, but yeah, like when I started, it was... I never really thought of it being as more than a hobby, and I just kind of stuck with it, and it's kind of grown from there. So, on that note, then I'll start with you, Connor, with this one. So, I mean, there wasn't that sort of burning desire once you got into it that this could say lead to an Olympics or or a Commonwealth Games or something like that. It was just sort of something that you developed along the way yeah. and realized, okay, well, I'm good enough that I could reach these levels. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when I, I started, as I said, I was six when I started, so like still a kid, like had no idea really what wrestling was. And um, I was just there to kind of earn some excess energy that I might have had during the day and um, kind of stop annoying my parents, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, with that, like, I, I started competing pretty early on and got a bit of a taste for it. And then I think, like, my first major one was the um, the British Championships. And then from there, it was like, oh, you know what, I'm actually not bad. I might continue on. Like, I've always been really, really competitive. So anything I've done, like, I wanted to go in and win. And then... Um, Obviously, winning the British Championships, it kind of lit the spark a bit more. And then I think the following year or two after that, I was competing internationally. So I was 11 or 12 when I started um, competing internationally. And that's when I was like, all right, I can actually have like a good go at this and then um, just kind of progress through there. Until the grass is greener on this side of the world then and decided that, uh, you know, like, I'd rather wear green and gold rather than, you know, red, white and blue. That's, that's kind of how it worked. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say the lifestyle here is definitely much better. I think that was the biggest factor for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jada, was that a similar thing to you that kind of that sort of as you, as you progressed, you thought you could do well at this or did you sort of harbour desires to, to become an Olympian or a Commonwealth Games athlete along the way? Yeah, quite at the start because um, the level in Australia or even at the time, even now, uh, isn't quite high but when i first started i kind of um exploded into the like the scene quite quick and um from the get-go i was uh thinking that i could go quite far in 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 the sport and um that's why i kept at it um and and still going obviously in, yeah. in terms of the two disciplines, so freestyle and, and Greco-Roman, um, and either of you jump in here, I mean, what's the easiest way of, of explaining the, the differences and, and what, I guess, led you both to doing freestyle over Greco-Roman? Um, I was going to say, for me personally, um, well, I guess when I started, um, no one in Scotland really done Greco, so it was just everyone was freestyle. But um, 
I, I think the main difference is um, you, you're obviously not allowed to attack or use the lower half of the body to attack in Greco. So with freestyle, you got freedom to attack the legs, um, you can attack the upper body, all that sort of stuff as well. Um, so I, I find when I do, or because I've trained a little bit of Greco before, like I find quite restricted in what I'm allowed to do. Um, and the other thing as well is that you can tend to find it at top levels. Like a lot of international Greco matches um, tend to stall out a bit. So you, they're not as kind of free-flowing as, as what you find freestyle is. Um, but that, that's the main difference. It's just like, Surely the fact you're not allowed to use your legs um, to help you in any way for Greco. Which, is it freestyle then is considered the more entertaining one? <laughs> like based on that, that you can't use the legs? <laughs> I'll be out that. I'll be Definitely so, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it must... It must make it interesting then. Uh, is there like a rivalry then between the freestyle and the Greco? Like, do, do they sort of prance around thinking, well, we're the better ones because we're more skilled. We can't use a leg, so we've got to think differently. And you guys just have it easy. Or do the freestylers just look at them and go, well, you guys are idiots. You can't use your fucking legs. What the hell's going on? <laughs> well, normally in international competitions and international teams, they actually are separate. So I guess there could be kind of that rivalry because uh, most teams overseas, they train differently so as in like train different so um you'll have a greco team and you have a freestyle team so yeah i guess there would be that rivalry for sure in terms of training um when it comes to sort of a you know looking at different combat sports obviously you can see where the training would come from but is is wrestling a sport where you just literally just got to keep wrestling men that's that's all you've got to do i mean like kind of it's kind of there like is it is it is a base is it more of an agility sort of training is there a physical strength that is required or is it sort of a a mixture of both maybe i'll start with you Jaden. maybe you can sort of give us experiences of, of sort of what your focus has been on that training kind of what works best for you you kind of need all of the above there you need um you need to have the whole shebang basically you need to be strong you need to be fit you need to be have agility um even flexible let's say um because it's such a unique sport where you're versing the person one-on-one um any advantage will get you out of the line basically Connor, for yourself, I mean, I, I'm just sort of staring at both of you here and I, I can see the sort of the, the upper body. I wouldn't want to come across you in a dark alley. I think I, I might be quite scared. I mean, is that was that kind of your skill set? Like, I've got the I've got the stronger top half here, so I'm going to throw you around a little bit more? Well, to be honest, I think for our weight divisions, both me and Jaden are actually quite small in terms of the like, <laughs> But, um, yeah, similar to what Jaden said, um, you, you do require, like, to be quite well-rounded across um, all kind of physical disciplines, like... Um, our warm-up kind of surprise a lot of people. We do a lot of gymnastics in the warm-up, so um, you tend to find we'll spend 15, 20 minutes doing like rolls, flips, all that sort of stuff. And um, like Jaden said, the better wrestlers are generally pretty flexible as well. Like um, can do a full split and drop a hat if they have to to, to um, do some defense or that sort of stuff. But, um, but yeah, definitely. Like it, I think one of the things that kind of sets wrestling apart from other combat sports is because we're not looking to hurt someone when we train, like um, obviously jiu-jitsu would be like you're forcing some missions to manipulate joints and choking someone out or like you're striking sports where you're trying to like punch someone in the head. Um, if you keep that intensity, you're going to run out of training partners pretty quickly. Whereas <laughs> I think is a little bit safer. So we can actually go in air sparring and we can um, have quite a high intensity for longer periods of time as well. So um, you, you're quite well conditioned for competition if you get good training, uh, good sparring in during your, um, your training. 
is it a sport that either of you can kind of briefly explain, say, how the scoring works? Because, you know, it's sort of when, when you when you watch it, you know, it is definitely a sport that I guess for most Australians that we are only seeing it in Olympics or a Commonwealth Games. It's not something we're turning on, you know, Channel 9 on a Saturday night and it's prime time. So, I mean, for us heading into the Olympics, I'll start with you, Connor, and Jaden, chime in. I'm not saying either of you are going to be right or wrong here. Uh, well, hopefully you're both going to be right. I hope you know how your sport works. Uh, I mean, how, how should I be watching wrestling? How do I know how when somebody's going to score or what I should be looking out for. Yeah, so pretty much um, the, the main kind of scoring points in wrestling. If, if I'm wrestling, I take someone down um, either in the stomach or on all fours, and I end up circling to their back. Um, I get two points. If you take someone straight from standing and they fall on their back, um, that'd be a four point takedown. Um, anytime you're on the ground and you can expose your opponent's back to the mat. So if you either if you roll under them or if you stay on top of them as their back rolls towards the ground, you get two points. Um, push-outs are worth one. So if there's a, a ring on the floor, if you get to the edge of the ring and you push someone out of that ring, um, you get one point, sorry. Um, and that, that's pretty much the main scoring points. And if you go 10 points clear your opponent at any stage in the match, you win by a technical superiority. So... If I, I was to win 14-4, they would stop the match and declare me the winner. Um, the other way that you can win is by putting someone flat on the ground. So with both shoulders on the mat. Um, and if two referees get visual confirmation of both shoulders touching, then they'll come And that pretty much wow. be the end. So somebody doesn't come in and count to three, though? So that's no, not- it's, it's pretty much if, if two of the referees confirm that they've seen the, the shoulders touch the mat, they'll, and once they've got that confirmation, the referee in the middle of the mat will call that. And that's, that's it. Is it how strict? I mean... It sounds very strategic. This sounds like sort of a, a sport where, like, yeah, you're sort of mentioning some of some of these more physical ones. I mean, not say that they're not strategic, but say a boxing, for example, you know, kind of it's kind of clear from a viewer what they're trying to do. Whereas, like wrestling, it sounds like there's about five or six different ways that you can kind of go into it strategically. I mean, Jaden, maybe just with you, is it when you're coming together with strategy? Are you the type of wrestler who would be more of an offensive wrestler, or a defensive wrestler? Does it depend on your opponent, kind of how you go into each bout? Yeah, it depends on the opponent, obviously. But um, myself, I'm more of a try and get try and get things done as quick as possible, um, technically. Um, but it depends on the opponent. So if you get a real class opponent, you know you're going to have to grind out of the match because you won't be able to pin him. You know, in, you know the first minute. So you'll have to strategically. You can't, you know, take silly um, takedowns, which will jeopardise your your um, opportunity to score a point. You might get scored on, so yes, it can be very strategic to um, in the higher levels, and uh, that's what it will sometimes come down to as well. Because sometimes it, you you can win the whole match with just one point, um, so it's yeah, very very strategic. Colin, yourself, are you sort of similar similar page there to to Jaden? Yeah, I'm probably not as offensive as Jaden. Um, I like to work off defense a little bit more and try and score off that. Um, Again, it depends on the opponent. Sometimes, you know, if if the guy's got better cardio than you, you might go ahead and try and finish it early if you think you're technically better than he has because the longer the bout was on, the more chance he would have it winning. Um, but, but I think in general, the rule set kind of favours the, the more offensive wrestler. So if you're pushing the, the pace the whole match, it, it works in your favour sort of later it goes. But again, it's just that sort of risk and reward. It's like if, if you push too hard too early, you might gas in the later round and... um. And it may, it may work against you. So it, it completely depends on who you're wrestling, how, how your account's being laid up to the big ones and all that sort of stuff. 
And I can imagine too that you could go in with a strategy and then all of a sudden your opponent's doing something differently or something's not working out. So I can imagine it's a, it's a quick thinking sport too where all of a sudden, okay, well, this is not going to work if I'm going to take this guy on. So I'm going to have to switch up. I mean, kind of like, I mean, is that always going through the brain basically the strategy kind of, okay, change it up now. This is going to work if I do it something differently. I think in general, like um, when, when we train, like we prepare ourselves to kind of for any situation that might come up. Um, Obviously, like, you're not going to go in and win every match that you ever wrestle. Um, but I, I tend to find, like, I've got a rough idea of what I want to do when I get on the mat. But then once I'm in there, I just kind of go into autopilot. Like, I, I don't really think it's a lot of muscle memory. And, um, I, I guess I've, I've done the sport for 22 years, so, like, I can rely on experience a little bit to get me through some of the worst situations that I've been in. Um, but, again, everyone's different. Like, you, you can't go in and just expect to win based on like what your opponents have done and matches before that. Because like you say, it can change at the drop of a hat. Jaden, you mentioned that you're sort of the guy likes going there and get things done. So, I mean, you know, do you just, do you, do you have a different way of kind of, you know, changing things up halfway through? You're like, shit, this didn't get over quickly. I kind of thought uh, it would be done by now. <laughs> yeah, well, as I said, it depends on the opponent. But if I like, I kind of like don't waste opportunities. So if there's an opportunity to uh, pin them, like, you know, within 30 seconds, I'll, I'll certainly do so. So I can, because you don't just have one match in one day. You, the whole the whole tournament you could have up to you know four to five matches so if you can finish off the you know, the first few opponents real quick and then the last um make the finals you know um a grind let's say it's, it's best to finish off the t- um the fights as quick as possible so you can ex- um, have more energy at the end of the day in terms of the bouts itself, uh, I mean, are they divided into to rounds? And if they are, do you sort of get like a break? Like, is it kind of like boxing where you've got a coach there, kind of like, okay, do this, do that, do this? Or is it kind of all reliant on yourself? Yeah, so in each match, there's um, two rounds of three minutes and there's 30 seconds break between the rounds. Um, so it may not look, um, sound long, six minutes a whole match but if if you're grinding out the whole match um constantly attacking or defending it's uh quite um strenuous and it's uh if you do that you know four to five times in you know in your day it's it's quite a big day because I, I know sort of in watching it, you sort of, you'll have some uh, matches where it kind of, it looks very fast paced, everything. And they're, they're almost like a stalemate sometimes it seems with, with it. Uh, I mean, is there, when you're in those, those bouts of the stalemates, is that a frustration thing sometimes when like you're both trying to do something, and you just kind of go that way or, or does that all this just come into again, strategy, kind of how you, you, you kind of developing in the bout, uh, the, the match and kind of changing it up a little bit. Yeah. It could be two things. It could be the strategy. All right, or it could be both people are tired. So if you if you find the first, you know, like let's say round, both both um, wrestlers are going hard at it, and then towards the end of the round, they're not doing as much as they were in the beginning because it's quite um, exhausting. So sometimes, yes, they are trying to like have a rest, but um, the new day and age type of wrestling where you can't rest too much um, is uh, stopping all that. So. It's mainly uh, strategic. In terms of then, uh, I'll address this, Connor, and Jaden, you can answer as well. Um, you know, in those moments where you're tired and kind of you're going that way, how, how do you find that spur of energy? Like, is it just that, that will to win, that desire? Like, you know, just all of a sudden some adrenaline kicks in or something like that. If you're competing at home, maybe the crowd gets involved and kind of it spurs you on a little bit. Sort of, is, is there a sort of a second wind you can find in yourself in those moments? Um, 
obviously can't speak for Jaden in this one, but me personally, I feel like if I'm at the point of exhaustion, it's like, well, I've, I've worked this hard, what's another minute or two's worth of like hard work to get the, the um, benefits of the hard work. Um, there's nothing worse than having like a really close match, being absolutely exhausted and losing by a point with like maybe 10 seconds to go. Like it's, it's the worst feeling in the world. So I think that's probably the biggest thing that kind of spurs me on is like if, if I'm willing to put myself through five and a half minutes worth of torture to try and beat this guy, um, I'm going to try and make sure that I do everything I can to win it. I just want to say, Jaden, for you, I think, does, it, does that come from the beard? Does that like help you? Like you just store a bit <laughs> of energy left in that beard to all of a sudden go, fuck this, I'm going to get this guy. <laughs> no, the beard, the beard's to make me look, look like I'm 12 years old. <laughs> so at least I look a little bit tougher. <laughs> well, you know, it, it works. I, I, I'm scared right now. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's pulling off quite well. Um, now, uh, in terms of competition results and sort of how you're going, Jaden, I'll start with you. Uh, obviously, competing two Commonwealth games here, but between those the, the Commonwealth games, you went from being in the 74 kilos to the 86 kilos. I mean, when that comes about, sort of, is that a is that a personal choice? Like, do you think, okay, I can do better in a heavier category? Do you just eat a lot more McDonald's in the four years between Glasgow and, and Gold Coast? I mean, kind of, what brings about changing weight divisions? I guess in between those years. Well, when I was doing, because I I started um, quite young, so I I went through a whole lot of divisions. I went from sixty six to seventy four, then to eighty six in my main senior year, senior years, just because I got bigger basically as in like uh, not not fatter but like as in my bone structure and my my physique got bigger so i was physically um well not physically impossible but you know i thought it would be the best to um the best to go up a division for myself so yeah and does that then benefit you? Like, I mean, I guess if it's something that, you know, you kind of can't help if you are growing and sort of getting that bigger. I mean, did you find it, uh, it helped you more going into these, uh, you know, heavier divisions or, or were you more suited to the, the smaller divisions, the smaller weight divisions? Me, me personally, it was, uh, yeah, I, I actually was much better in the 66 division because um, I'm not the strongest guy out there. And 74 and 86 are much stronger opponents than the uh, 66. 66 are more agility, fast, which is I was quite used to. And that's where I had the most success when I was in that division. Um, but uh, it's each division's they're similar but then different at the same time. Um, they all, you know, all get exhausted and all that. But one gets every – as soon as you jump up a division, they're stronger, basically. And Connor, for yourself, uh, 74 kilo division view, I mean, was that a similar thing for you? Kind of you start off small, getting bigger, or kind of you just, uh, I don't know, went to the gym more? <laughs> well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was actually, um, so I was the division later than Jaden in the Commonwealth Games, but I was probably walking around a bit heavier than he was. Um, <laughs> for me, make 74, it was a huge cut. Um, I'm about 181 centimetres and walk around normally about 89, 90 kilos. So I was doing about 16 kilos to get... To, to make weight um so yeah over the last few years i've bounced around a fair bit so i started at 86 and then went to 74 for the commonwealth games um absolutely hated cutting and then bounced up and then for the last olympic trial went 97 so over the course of a couple of years i packed on about 20 kilos in terms of the the divisions that i was competing in wow wow i mean i, I guess it's one of those things though where you do you have to be like 
very anal with your diet because you've got to meet weight. And like, how does the weigh-ins work? Is it similar to boxing where you just get weighed on, on the morning to, to ensure you're, you're, you're in weight or things like that? Yeah. So it, it actually killed me a bit during the Commonwealth Games because um, in 2017, we were halfway through um, a qualification for it. And um, it was the day before weigh-in. And about six months from the um, the games, they made it a same day weigh-in. So I was going from having um, about 12 hours to recover between weigh-in and competition to two. So obviously, cutting from like 80, 89 kilos to 74 for like a same day weigh-in was an absolute nightmare. So it was about, for the same day, I spent about seven weeks cutting, um, cutting weight. And that seven weeks, I had to watch pretty much everything I ate. Um, I was running two or three times a day on top of the training that I was doing and sweatsuits and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think once um, once everyone realized that it was going to be really hard to make the weight, you pretty much found, like, especially internationally, everyone just moved up one division. Um, so you're still getting the same weight categories because people aren't cutting as much weight, which I think is better for the sport because you see people fully fit in the day comp rather than, like, depleted sometimes due to a bad weight cut. How so? In terms of the diet, then I, I can imagine you have to be so strict. Like it, it, you can't sort of go all of a sudden. Oh, I'll, I'll have an, an an extra biscuit today because you know that's going to put on like you know fifty grams or something like yeah. that. Like it is a case where you have to plan out your food because you know yeah. what will sort of keep you within that weight range. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the way I kind of justified it was like I would have like because. I think a thing that a lot of people don't realize that I've never done weight cuts for combat sports is it, it takes a lot mentally as well. Like it affects your moods. Uh, I found like I was a horrible person to be around when I was cutting weight. I just didn't want to speak to anyone. Um, and the way that I kind of, if I wanted to make myself feel better, I'd go out and have some lollies or whatever. And I would, I would just find my head like, all right, I can have like maybe a hundred grams worth of lollies today, but it means I have to run an extra two or three Ks tomorrow. It's just like, you have to balance it, like find that balance. And then it's like risk and reward, I guess. If, if you know you can get the weight off, then it's all good. But um, it, it does happen quite a lot where people have bad weight cuts just because they're not disciplined enough or they just have taken some bad advice. Um, whenever I was cutting, I had um, a dietitian that I worked with and um, I never had any issues with, with the weight coming off. But you see a lot of people who just think, oh, I'm just going to starve myself in the week of, or I'll dehydrate myself um, without any really any kind of plans in place to recover as well. I think recovery is probably more important than um, than like losing the weight in the first place. Because, I mean, you, a- anyone can make the weight if they have to. It's just, what's the point in making weight if you kill yourself and then you can't compete in the day of the comp? Jaden, do you sort of have any uh, unique moments where you've sort of, yeah, with the weight sort of, you know, cutting or sort of food? I mean, was there sort of certain food that was always difficult for you to try and go, oh, yeah, I won't have one more slice of cheesecake or something along those lines because, you know, I won't I won't make that weight tomorrow if I do that. Yeah, well, that's 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 part of why I, um, I jumped up weight classes quite um, quickly through my senior years is because when I was little, uh, well, when I was younger, I cut weight quite big and I didn't like the, the way I performed. So, um, and I felt much, much better when I didn't cut as much weight. So that's why if, if I got too big, like as in structure wise, I didn't want to cut myself too much because I didn't like the way I felt on the competition day. In, in terms of sort of going back to the, the, the Commonwealth Games performances for, for both of you here, um, obviously, Jaden, uh, you competed in Glasgow and, and, and Gold Coast. Um, 
made made the bronze medal final uh, and uh, and ultimately didn't come away with, with with the medal. I mean, sort of, did you go into those games hoping to to get a medal and kind of getting that close? Sort of, you know, uh, you know, does that spur you on to kind of push towards more success going forward? Yeah, in Glasgow, I was I was really really uh, uh, let's say confident that I was going to get real close to getting a medal. And same as in um, Gold Coast, but Gold Coast was the, there was a whole bunch of things going personally in my life. Um, I don't know if you hear my, my son, him. He's oh, actually, we always like some atmosphere in the background. That's great. Yeah, it's he, good. He was the reason why, actually, he was the reason why he was born <laughs> prematurely at Commonwealth Games and I had to fly back you know, to uh, to Sydney at the, at the right. time. So there was a bit going on in Commonwealth Games, but then I ended up going back again to Gold Coast just for the day to compete. Great. Um, yeah, so there was uh, there was that drama, but my Gold Coast was like kind of my redemption. Well, at before all the crisis happened, um, it was my kind of my redemption, and I felt the best I've felt in a very long time. And I thought I was going to go quite well, but um, my head just wasn't wasn't there quite, um, unfortunately. <laughs> Which also, like, I mean, opportunity to compete at a home Commonwealth Games as well. I mean, that was, you know, a unique experience. I mean, I, I had the pleasure of working at the Commonwealth Games. I was working during boxing, so I was there and the atmosphere on the Gold Coast and everything was fantastic. But, I mean, I can imagine for yourself as an athlete to be able to compete in front of the home fans must have been a, an incredible experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Connor's uh, experience and my experience would have been a, obviously a lot, lot different. Um <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately in the Commonwealth Games uh, Gold Coast sorry um, but because I went to the 2014 Glasgow one um, I, I got the real feel of it but I unfortunately didn't get the real feel of it because of because of the situation I was under um, for Gold Coast but um, it was really good to have the home home crowd really cheering for you That's, that was quite different Never felt which that I, before. Which I was going to say, I mean, for a sport like wrestling, again, I can't imagine that the, you know, even the, the biggest events, the national championships and that, you wouldn't get a crowd the size that you would at a, at a Commonwealth game. So, I mean, for yourself to compete at home in front of a crowd like that would have been a very unique thing because it's not like the, the Georgian wrestlers or sort of, you know, the, the, these European wrestlers who are competing in full houses, you don't ever really get a chance to do that in front of your home crowd. Yeah, it was um, it was it was really good change because yeah, you're right with the uh, when we go to Europe for World Championships or something. Obviously, their their home countries they're all yelling and and there was no, there's no one really cheering for yourself when you're going overseas. But it was really really good when um, when we were home and you you were having uh, cheers cheers uh, to cheer you on. It was really good. Kind of for yourself, I mean, the experience, I mean, obviously competing for, for Australia. I, mean, I, I guess I should ask, at what point did you sort of, did you come to Australia and start, you know, representing Australia in the sport? So um, I left Scotland in 2009, um, emigrated with family when I was 16. And then I actually stopped wrestling for about a year and a half, two years when I came here. It was just um, because of some stuff that happened back in Scotland. I was just over it. Um, I suppose you kind of get to that age where it's like, oh, I want to start going out with my friends and drinking all that crap that... No kind of 16, 17, 18 year olds do, I guess. And then um, I went to watch the Commonwealth Championships, which were being held at Monash Uni in Melbourne. And uh, I was like, oh, you know what? Kind of got the extra, I'll maybe give it another crack. And then uh, the following year, I think I started wrestling again. And then the year after that, I was back in the, uh, the national team. And, um, but I absolutely loved it. Like um, with the games, we, um, we had about three months worth of training camps together as a team. And like Jaden said, um, it's, it's probably the best I've 
shape I've ever seen him in. And then I, I reckon for myself, that's the best I've ever been as well. Um, and just as a team, I think we um, we put in a lot of really good work and we're, we're quite close as a team, which I think is, is quite hard to find in Australia. Um, and going into the games, it was amazing. Like, you, you definitely felt the support they have and everyone behind you. Like, even <laughs> at the um, at the open ceremony, we kind of snuck our way to the front of the, the procession as we walked on. And obviously, as soon as the flag bearer walked around the corner and um, the announcer that I saw, and it was Australia, and you just heard the crowd, like, one crazy pretty much um i've never been a part of anything like that that was probably one of the best moments of the games for me other, other than competing as well but um just kind of feeling that support like as they coming from scotland and having represented australia like feeling like i was actually part of the, the team and stuff made it made it really great and um yeah that, i think the only thing that would have made it better would be bringing a home uh, bringing home a medal from the actual competition itself but couldn't get that <laughs> well it was a similar situation you obviously competing sort of in the same category that Jaden did in glasgow and, and similar you know unfortunately you get to the bronze medal final yeah. and, and lose that and I'm, you lose to a canadian now we're a sort of a co-australian canadian podcast so i'm sad that colin's not on here actually i'm not sad because he'd be probably celebrating the fact that you lost to a canadian <laughs> but uh i mean sort of how is it when you get that deep into a competition and i can imagine obviously the disappointment of losing a semi and then kind of you know you've got one more chance to get a medal in that i mean sort of how how was that you know and how were you expecting to medal kind of based on what you were saying there about how you felt you're in sort of really good form i think going into the, the comp like I, I thought that like i had a good job good draw was a good chance at um meddling i think that was the same for um pretty much anyone in the australian team like if, if we got the right draw we, we all probably could have medaled um, I, I think the two guys that are wrestled in the semi-final and the um, the bronze medal actually beat me. Um, on paper, you'd probably pick them to beat me. Like I think um, if if you're betting, you probably have better odds for the, the Canadian and the Indian. But um, I, I'm still happy with the way that I wrestled that day. I kind of I, I performed as well as expected. I think um, went out and had a crack. Obviously, and t- to be honest, they were better wrestlers on the day. Like I, I can't complain that I was beaten by those two. Um, I definitely think if I'd been on the other side of the draw, I was definitely within the chance of meddling. Like um, I'd seen the South African who came second, and um, there's a Welsh guy who came third, and I was pretty confident. Like had, if I'd had that draw, like I, I probably would have won a medal. But at the end of the day, like I'm still grateful for the chance to like compete in that stage, and um, I feel like I couldn't have done any better given the draw that I had. So like that was still an amazing experience for me, and it's one that I like. I was always disappointed not to win a medal. Like, I still loved every minute of the experience. The best thing is, though, that you did beat a New Zealander in the quarterfinal. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, there is. <laughs> I mean, that, do, you, do you buy into that now, sort of in Australia, like how, how you've got to beat the kids? Like, it's not even you've got to beat the English, right? Like, you've got to beat the Kiwis now that you're here. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think in wrestling, like, majority of times it's Australia and New Zealand, we, we normally win. So, like, that's usual. Everything. Yeah, but the, the the New Zealand that I wrestled like I'm actually pretty good mates with them like off the mass like we competed the previous year before um in a bunch of different competitions we never wrestled each other before that but um I guess like being small wrestling nations from that side of the world we kind of like stuck together so like I, I actually knew him pretty well and um as I say still still speak to him to this day as well slight slight tangent to date the day that we're recording this episode though as somebody originally from Scotland. How how great was it to see England lose on penalties this morning? Oh, in, uh... <laughs> well, it, it was good, but <laughs> me, Jade, and, and um, one of your other friends had a bet on, and if, if Italy had won in normal time, we'd, we'd have got a fair amount of money back. So it was a, oh. I was a bit for that. 
But Damn. I'm so delighted that England lost. Like, I couldn't wait yeah. to smile off my face this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of like, oh, they made, it's like you just you just get caught up in all this crap and you're like, okay, well, if they've made the final, they've got to lose and yeah, maybe yeah. heartbreak. And it happened. So, yeah. you know. Uh, look, if, if you're asking me, like, how they've turned, like, the fact that they made the finals and then got beaten, like, it's kind of perfect way for it to end for me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's like <laughs> if you follow bad. AFL, it's like Collingwood make the grand final, they lose by a last kick after the siren. That's what you want, yep, right? that's like, it. Exactly. That's it works. <laughs> sorry, sorry if either of you are Collingwood supporters, but uh, I'm a Carlton supporter, so I don't really care. Um, <laughs> in terms of sort of post- Commonwealth Games. So obviously with the Olympics just around the corner, um, I believe this is the first time Australia hasn't had any competitors in wrestling in, in quite some time. Uh, I mean, either of you chime in here, sort of sort of what happened? Was it a COVID-related thing? Was it a qualification thing? Kind of like, what, what, why are we not represented? Why, are, why am I not talking to two Olympians right now that are about to go to Tokyo? Well, um, I lost in the, I lost in the uh, semis. If I won that match, I'll go to the Olympics um, against, again, Nigeria, that one, uh, not the same per Nigerian, but the same weight, I guess you could say that 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 um, beat me in the uh, in the bronze medal final at um, at Glasgow. So um, I versed a Nigerian again in in the um, semi-finals of the uh, African Championships, which is our qualification to get into Olympics, and um, I lost it. And Connor's got his own uh, different story of why he did not make it. Yeah, mine was COVID related. So pretty much, I had the um, I had the spot in the team to go to the African qualifier, um, and then obviously, so we, we actually were supposed to fly to Morocco last year, but um, three days out or three days from flying out, they cancelled the competition, locked in the borders because of COVID. And um, this year, I, I thought it was just too much of a risk to travel to Tunisia to, to try and get there, so. Uh, a big kind of factor was the cost to get there was was through the roof this year. It was about eight eight and a half thousand dollars, I think, return for flights. Wow. Plus we had to pay our hotel quarantine plus our accommodation. So like there was uh, obviously a lot of money for not like a hundred percent guarantee you're going to qualify. But um, as well as that, there was a real chance that you could have gotten locked down in Tunisia and not got back to Australia. So I just didn't want to take that risk. Um, Thankfully, the team was saying everyone got back eventually. Um, some of the guys did go to, I think, Italy to spend some time before they could actually get back to Australia. Yeah, well, one of the flights got cancelled, so they yeah. caught a few other athletes and stuck. I think it was in Greece. Yeah. Wow. So I had planned to, um, to go to Paris to kind of stop that. Which, I mean, how do you think you would go? I mean, obviously, you know, it's something that I guess it's the classic what-if scenario, but, I mean, yeah. you know, were you confident had you gone, you would have you would have made it? But look, um, the team was saying, like, everyone was always a chance to qualify. It, it depends on your draw. It depends on your feeling. The sort of thing. Um, I think that given my preparation, like, I would have been there or thereabouts. Like, I think, I'd like, top five was achievable for me. Um, but you need to be top two to qualify. So I think... You, you kind of have to have a bit of a good draw. So, like, if you, I, I guess the big kind of nations in Africa that would be good would be Nigeria, Tunisia, and Egypt. They're, they're the ones you kind of want to avoid. So, if, if you can avoid maybe two out of those three, you're a good chance of qualifying. And, um, but yeah, I mean, like, my preparation wasn't as good as it had been the year before because we had like full camps, there was no lockdowns. Um, 
And then obviously that got cancelled. And then when we um, when we got word that we're still sending the team to the African qualifiers, it was probably three or four weeks out from the actual competition itself. So we didn't have a lot of time to really prepare for it. In terms of yourself, Jaden, obviously I can imagine getting that close, that close and kind of j- just missing out. I mean, kind of. I, I, did, it, I, mean, did, it, I did it twice. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, um, how does that, does that spur times, you on more? Like, does actually, that make you want to keep going, like, towards towards Paris? Oh, or kind yeah, of like, what does it do? It's, it's frustrating. Um, in 2012, I, I, there's, there was more qualifications because 2012, when I, I was able to go to the Olympics, um, it, I had the African Games as well. I went to the same spot, semifinals, and lost to Egypt. Um, but I was nowhere going to be getting close to that Egyptian at the time. I was too young and he was too strong. But this time, I I think I performed quite poorly at that final, at the semifinal. And I reckon I should have, I reckon I really should have won that, that match. I just was, my head was, uh, uh, I guess I was, I, I wasn't, um, not mentally up to it, but um, I just fell asleep, I guess you could say, um, this time. And then the 2012 again, I had two chances because um, I had, um, I went to the world qualifications as well, and I uh, and I come in the bronze medal final in the worlds, and then you had to come top three, and I lost in the bronze medal final. Wow! So Jeez. I lost quite close last time, and and then the time before that, uh, 2016, I blew my knee out versing uh, this fella here. <laughs> wow! Right, yeah. that was so it's your fault, Connor. <laughs> no, no, that was his fault. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say it's his. No, I was actually mid mid throw and uh, we were in the air, and then I didn't realise I blew out my ACL. <laughs> Ouch! So you don't realise that you kind of like what do you go to stand up all of a sudden? You go, oh, okay, something's not right here. Yeah, it's, it's uh, on on the web to everyone can see actually. Right. <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> He stood up and tried to hold back on the mat and finish the match. <laughs> <laughs> they had, they had, they had to, uh, they had to tie me down and say you're not going to go back out there. I want to keep going. <laughs> this is why you didn't do soccer because you'd just be on the on the ground, right, having a having a sook if you know somebody bumped you slightly. This is where red right, ah, put me out ACL. That's nothing, mate. Come on, get the magic spray. Let me let me get back out there. <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly wanted to keep going, but I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have been able to uh, do anything after that because uh, the gentleman's still there, but. Um, it was quite a big injury. It was my, my meniscus blew out my ACL, so it was quite a big injury. Ouch. And ouch. if they had a kept one, I would have definitely targeted his leg. <laughs> <laughs> of course, right? That's, you know, you've always got to target those sort of uh, those troubled areas. But in terms, of, in terms of no athletes from Australia, I mean, is this – I'm just going through here kind of each of the Olympics here, and it's, I, I can't see any Olympics that Australia hasn't had any competitors on. I mean, is this, do you know if this is the first time that Australia's not had a competitor at an Olympic Games? I was, th- I was thinking that I'll say oh, when on the way back when I said, "Oh man, we didn't qualify anything," and that's oh, I can't remember when the last time we yeah. didn't. So um, yeah, it was quite disappointing. Um, sad, really. I think as well, like, um, our qualifications since 2012 has been a lot more difficult than it used to be. Um, the, the qualification before 2012, you just had to win the Oceania Championships, and then you qualify the con- your country spot in the games. Um, and in terms of like developed regions, Oceania is by far the lowest. So if you win Australian nationals, you're probably in a good position to win Oceania. Whereas now if you win Australian nationals, you're kind of like on the track to doing okay in Africa. It doesn't guarantee the spot there pretty much. So it's, it's a much harder qualification, but at the same time, um, you can't really take any, anything away from it. Like it's, um, 
you you know what the criteria is when you start. So like you have to be at the standard to qualify. Is that a very similar thing? Obviously, in football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, Australia did a similar path, I guess, when it came to joining Asia. We, we were sick of kicking New Zealand and Fiji's ass in, in Oceania and not having that direct qualification to the World Cup. Went through Asia and obviously, you know, it's improved football in this country. Is that kind of a, a thing that you think will happen in wrestling, that by taking a different route where you're going up against maybe some stronger nations that, although right now, it's obviously, you know, disappointing not to have any athletes in one Olympics, but over long term, it will improve the sport in this country. Um, I'm not interested sure about that because I think um, one of the biggest hurdles we've got is funding. Um, so because we don't have much funding, we don't actually have a lot of participation within Australia. So the fact that it's now harder for us to get to Olympics means we probably get less funding and then you tend to find more people might drop out as a result. Um I guess like the guys who want to compete at the top level aren't there for any kind of money. That like if if you want to get to the Olympics, like you'll find a way to make it there. Like it's it's kind of that's how I've always looked at it. But um, I, I don't think like changing the qualification will help us improve. What would help us improve is like growing the sport within Australia. Like that's where we need to start. Like getting more kids in the grassroots, um, focusing more on running more competitions. Because at the minute we only get like three or four within Australia. Um, there's a new comp that's started this year so it's, it's good to have that and i think first and foremost for us to get any kind of international results we have to start building from the ground up um we just don't have like Jaden was saying when he started there was a lot more um kids particip- participating now sorry back then than what there is now and until we start kind of bringing them up from a young age and really looking after them through like sort of like the age of like six to 18 and then like if you can keep a good group together, then you've got a chance to actually perform in at these um, higher-level competitions. But um, the qualification itself, I don't think, will actually make any real difference to the standard of wrestling in Australia. Even going on that, the kids that, um, when I started, all of them dropped off when they were started being teenagers or when they started going to work because of the fact that they need to work. It's hard to do the sport or any type of sport um, that you're not putting your 100% time in. So what... Unfortunately, in this country, um, unless you um, are already a high caliber, you can't just drop drop at the hat and um, just one hundred percent do it. Once you start getting older, because you, you got to you got to live. So it's um, a lot of people will stop the sport generally because they have to work. Because it's one of these uh, sports. I know uh, we've talked to many athletes on on here. You know, Olympians and non Olympians and particularly say with Olympians, you, you hear you're an Olympian, so you automatically assume, well, you've got a, a professional life, you're an Olympic athlete, you know, and it's kind of, it's not quite that way, is it? And I can imagine wrestling obviously being sort of one of the, the lesser popular sports in Australia that sort of, Connor, as you were mentioning, things like funding and things like that. I mean, do, is there sort of a drive, like a recruitment drive? Is that kind of where you've got to go to build a sport up? I mean, kind of how how, how does Wrestling Australia promote the sport in Australia? How can we get more kids into, into wrestling? I think um, definitely looking at getting the skills would be a good option. Um, if, if we can get the skills and just kind of generate an interest through that, it would be um, it'd be good. Um, I think the other thing is just like making it more widely available. Um, as I say, we've we've within like Melbourne and Sydney, there's a lot of gyms that offer wrestling as part of like an MMA gym, but there's not a lot of like purely wrestling clubs anymore. So um, I think just getting at least like one or two like 
pure wrestling clubs um, started up again within like Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, like all your kind of capital cities. And then really like looking for kids to get involved. Um, I think if you're kind of starting wrestling at the age of like 18, 19, it's a bit harder to kind of progress to a decent level internationally. You have to kind of have the foundation from like a young age. So me personally, I think like getting into schools would be like a really, really good way to try and, um, I suppose, expose wrestling to like a, a bigger bunch of kids. So you're saying me as a 34 year old, I've missed my chance. Um, you never know. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm always trying to find that one sport that I can live my <laughs> Olympic dream one day. So you never know. <laughs> oh, you should definitely come have a crack next time. <laughs> I just, not, I just not everyone has to be an Olympic champion. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Like, I, I, I wouldn't care. Like, as long as I just get the green and gold and opening ceremony, mate, I, I'll go out and you know, ten nothing in thirty seconds, and I've achieved my goal. Like, you know, I don't have to have a medal. I mean, you know, I who wants one of them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I'm just quickly scrolling through here, and uh, this is usually a case where I should go to our uh, statistical analysis before the interview, but from what I can see, the last time Australia did not have a wrestler at the Olympics was in 1920 at the Antwerp Olympics. So, wow, that's 100 years ago. Yeah, um, that's insane. Wow, that's that's really crazy. And like kind of going on that point, it's sort of... Obviously, by being at Olympics, that brings that exposure because, again, it's it's a sport really in Australia that we don't see until it's an Olympic Games or, or, or a Commonwealth Games. So, obviously, that is a, a disappointing step that there will not be that exposure during these Olympics. So, I mean, do we – yourself, Jaden, I'll, I'll ask you with this one, obviously, that you're so close. I mean, it, does that spur you on, things like that? And, like, are you going to be going? Because it's only obviously three years now until the next Olympics. It's obviously a, a one – year less now so does that because it's closer than usual do you continue on for that goal to to go to the olympics honestly for me it depends on my body um my like i've, I've my body's riddled with um injuries um but it, it all depends on how my body to, um will keep up in that time i'm gonna go for the next com game but um we'll see how my body turns but if my body is good good enough i'll uh, certainly try again Connie, yourself, uh, kind of, you know, obviously with all this situation and unfortunately not being able to go for that trials, I mean, does that, again, spur you on? Do you sort of look towards 2024, Com Games next year as well? Um, probably the big one for me is still the Olympics. Like, it's the one the one thing I feel like I've still achieved, like, within the realms of possibilities. Like, I'm, I'm probably not going to quote in one in Olympic Games, but um, I feel like I'm, I'm capable of making it. Um, so it's just... As I, say, I tried in 2016 as well and made the bronze medal match. So it was a couple of spots of qualification. So I know that at my best, I'm kind of there or thereabouts. And again, if I was to get a good draw, like I, I feel like I could do it. Um, but again, it's three years away. Is, it's still like, it seems like a long time, but like since the last Olympic trial or like even the last Commonwealth Games, it feels like it was only yesterday sort of thing. So um, I'm sort of the same situation, Jaden. As long as my body's good um, and my head's kind of in the right space at the time, I'll, I'll probably give it a crack. It's insane just to think that uh, there's a Commonwealth Games next year to say yeah. those words. I mean, again, well, I'm with you. What like- he does on the Gold Coast yesterday? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
it's 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 absolutely crazy. Uh, I would love to know. We're gonna get we're gonna wrap this up with some fun questions here to learn a little bit more about both of you. But one thing for for us heading into Tokyo, who who should we be watching out? What countries generally are the ones who are walking away with medals? And Jaden, for you, should we just not cheer for Nigerian wrestlers because they <laughs> knocked you out? Like, do we screw Nigeria? No, no, like- I'm actually, no. no. I, in fact, I'm actually going to hope my Nigerian, the guy that beat me, I actually hope he does well. Great. Um, okay. It's because what's the his name? That- who should we, uh, what's his name? I actually do know what his name is, Connor. No, no uh, idea. This, 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 this Nigerian he is actually, well, because of the, I was saying the, the Nigerian that was in before in that weight is Bebo, but Bebo retired and now this guy come in his spot. So I'd actually, I, I, he was quite new, so I didn't know too much about him. Right. Um, but I hope he actually does well because, you know, you like to, if someone beats you, you kind of want them to go quite well in what they're doing. You don't want to, kind of spied it it's not nothing like that you got knocked it's out by fun. the gold medalist or something like that like you yeah say yeah that. well i yeah. did they got, he actually ended up winning the whole thing so right. um it, it's kind of the opposite you kind of hope he does well so you kind of you look okay yeah it, you know i didn't do so badly kind of thing <laughs> but um no i yeah i hope he does well well, I'm looking here at the all-time medal tally. Uh, obviously, Soviet Union, when they, they still existed, but outside of that, the US, of course, very dominant. Japan coming into a home Olympics. Russia, who are what the, the Olympic athletes from Russia, whatever you want to call them. So should we, should we be looking out, again, the Americans, uh, the, the the Russians who aren't Russians? Um, the Russians are the aren't Russians. Russians <laughs> definitely the best. Like. <laughs> Which, I mean, do, do you kind of subtly cheer for the fact that oh well at least you won't hear your national anthem then because you guys dominate all the time like, <laughs> small small cross the bed what are they what are they gonna what are they gonna sing i think they do the olympic hymn like did that at pyeongchang so oh. they kind of like oh, okay. it must be such an odd like you know it's it's a complicated situation i get it but you've got these guys out there who maybe haven't done anything wrong representing especially their sort of country at the olympics <laughs> especially if they really love their country they probably want to sing their song they're probably still singing their song well they have to love their country otherwise they get sent to siberia right like it's kind of <laughs> it. I, I, I don't know how that that generally works uh we're going to wrap up with a bunch of fun questions so how the, what this is is uh obviously as i mentioned we're sort of a co-canadian australian podcast and on the canadian olympic website they like to post a fun little trivia questionnaire with some of their athletes in the lead up to an Olympic. So I've, I've dug up one from 2016. Uh, wrestler, I had to find a wrestler. So this is uh, Danielle Lepage. I don't know if either of you two uh, have come across Danielle. Uh, obviously, different yeah, I, gender, but uh, you yeah. know. No, I, I live in Canada quite a bit. Um, so I know quite a Whereabouts? Lot of Whereabouts in Canada? Montreal. Montreal. Nice. Oh, jealous, jealous. Our co host Collins in Winnipeg. I, I just got back from living in Victoria. So it's uh, sort of. Uh, Beautiful country. Hello to all our Canadians. I know we've got a, a bunch listening. But so how this works, they basically get a questionnaire sent to them. They write it all down. There's a couple of drawing questions. Don't worry, guys. I'm not going to get you to draw today, but I'll just ask you each of these questions and uh, we'll get to learn you a little bit. Let's, let's, I'll, I'll alternate. I'll let you one of you answer first and go along those ways. So we'll start with you, Connor. Uh, who to you is the greatest Olympian of all time? Um, it's pretty hard to look past Michael Phelps. I think um, you look at the medal hall he won over three, was it three games or four games? Oh, I, I think he technically went to four. I was in Sydney. Yeah. Uh, he didn't win it. That was five. So five Olympics he was at. Yeah. One of them he didn't win medals at though. So, That's yeah. it. Like have that longevity and have the medals that he's won. Like it's, it's really hard to look past him. Um, yeah, that, that'd be it for me. Somebody added him to a, a like at one point on the all time medal tally. They actually added him on it, and he'd won yeah. like more medals than a lot of countries had yeah. won. Like it was ridiculous. Oh so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jaden, yourself, uh, greatest Olympian of all time. 
I, I was gonna almost gonna say the same thing to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> um, uh, let's say there's something different though. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with wrestler. I'm gonna go with um, what's the Japanese girl's name, Connor? Um, uh, yeah. So she's won. She's won quite a lot too. Yeah. She was um, about two or three in a row, hasn't she? Yeah, three. Yeah, and world championships and all that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with her. Is she competing in Tokyo? Do you know, like home? Town? I don't know who she is. Is she? I have no idea, to be honest. Nothing to the point. Wow. Well, she's not going to have a crowd watching her if she did. But uh, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, what sort of one there going across that way? No, I'm pretty um, sure she retired. I look. I tell you one thing. I guess. I mean, guess. I'm sure you guys are the same, and probably the one that always gets brought up in terms of uh, you know the, the one that I obviously know a lot of Kurt Angle growing up watching the W and, and the fact that he obviously really did win an Olympic gold. And like, I never yeah. believed it. It was kind of one of these things like, oh bullshit, you know, this is wrestling, this isn't real. And then you look it up. And like, he really did win a gold medal. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> With a broken neck as well, apparently. Yeah, broken neck. Wow. Jeez, that's crazy. Um, uh, we'll start with you, Jaden, for this one. What was the first Olympics that you ever remember watching? 2000. I, yeah, because um, I went to it when I was a kid. Right. Uh, the archery I watched and the gymnastics. Nice. And did so you, were you there when Simon Fairweather won the gold? Were you were you at that day? I wasn't in the finals, no. No, no okay. But, um, yeah, I went to the like the pre- like the, the qualifiers but um no that's actually it's quite funny ever since then i was like oh this would be awesome to go to one day so ever since then and that was way before i started wrestling wow. um but yeah that was um that was an eye-opener when i went to those definitely definitely connor yourself uh your first olympics you remember watching 2000 as well so i started wrestling in 1999 um i remember just kind of vaguely watching the Olympics the year after, but um also like being involved in wrestling since two thousand um I I remember two thousand and four quite clearly and then obviously everyone on from that. It's kind of one of those things where, like, I think you remember your first one, but then there's it's almost like the one after when you're a bit older and you appreciate. It. Like, I, I remember seeing some Barcelona and a fair bit of um Atlanta, sorry, but yeah, I mean, you know, similar to what you're saying, Sydney. I mean, any kid in Australia just absolutely wrapped up in it, no matter where you were. Uh, I mean, it was yeah. just yeah, it was it was a fantastic time. Um, we'll start with you, kind of this one. Uh, if you could be any superhero, who would you be? Batman. I've always loved Batman. Like since I was a kid, I used to dress up like him, had the capes, had everything. Like yeah. I don't. I don't usually like to show what I'm wearing, but I'm actually wearing Batman pajamas right now oh, on, nice. on the bottom half. So you know, let's, let's be honest. Of course, I'm doing the interview in my pajamas. Why wouldn't I be? So you know that that makes sense for that. Socks on as well. Oh look at this! We're match. Everyone's matching. Jaden, you have got the Batman undies on, have you or something? Oh, matching everything. Yeah. Uh, what about yourself, Jade? Batman as well, or somebody else? No, I like Spider-Man. I've always liked Spider-Man. Swinging nice. between, swinging between uh, buildings. I reckon that'll be Good sick. choice. Who wins in a battle between Spider-Man and uh, – or do, does one of you do your ACL, basically? In the <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably just run him over in the Batmobile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see it. I see it. Uh, all right, Jaden, your favourite ice cream flavour? Uh, chocolate, for sure. Standard choice. Good choice. Yeah. Connor? Uh, strawberry. Very simple. Strawberry. Yeah. Strawberry's actually one that doesn't get answered a lot, but uh, no, that's a good answer. Good answer. Now, I was actually going to ask this question, so I was, I was sort of I, was, I want to wait it because I assumed it would be on this list. Um, I can imagine that you know getting yourself out there for a match, you're going to kind of pump yourself up a little bit, kind of get yourself in the zone. So this question is: If you were a baseball player, what would your walk-up music be? So Connor, like, I mean, do you have that? If so, what is your song kind of when you go out there to get yourself pumped up? I, I don't know. Like, I've been watching the UFC and watched um, yesterday. And I- 
feel a bit inspired by um, Tai Tu, but I say walk out to the Spice Girls. <laughs> that's a good choice. Like. <laughs> well, that's not a song you generally associate with that sort of book. I'll, I'll take it. Why not? <laughs> that was fun. Jaden, you're a Spice Girls man. Are you going to listen to the Spice Girls before a match? <laughs> no, I'd probably, oh, I'm probably – I like country kind of folk music, so probably something, someone from Mum, Mumford & Sons and – I know Connor. Connor knows that it was already, but um, yeah, probably like uh, you know, I'll wait or little line man, something, something cheesy. Pump it up, yeah, that works. Okay, yeah. I like it. All right, uh, Jaden, for yourself, uh, the best nickname you've ever been called. Um, uh, nickname. Um, I don't know. I haven't really nicknames. Um, uh, other than JJ or um, for wrestling type of rise, I haven't really. I know. I haven't had a uh, nickname, really. You don't get to come up with, like, a name. You know, you can't be, like, The Rock or, like, nah. you know, Stone Cold Steve Jaden or something like that, you know? No. Nah. Like, <laughs> not quite <laughs> that. That was that disappointment on the ring day. Like, what's my wrestling name? What am I going to be? I'm a bad guy or a good guy? No, no, different wrestling. Sorry. Put the chair away. Uh, Connor, best nickname you've had? Um, as a kid, my nickname was Mincy. And back in Scotland, <laughs> there was some... I can't even remember what the ad was, but like one of the characters in the ad was called Mad Mental Mincy Ed. And nice. um, for some reason that stuck with me. I've got no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best nicknames, aren't they, when you yeah. don't actually know why it's yeah. sort of stuck. Uh, Connor, if there was a movie made about your life, who would you be played by? Actually, maybe you, you maybe you can answer this both for each of you the other way around. So maybe, Connor, you answer for Jaden and Jaden, you answer for Connor. Just make it more fun. Um, for Jaden, I don't know. Um, maybe Carrot Top. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Rupert Grint, but I like Carrot Top better. Uh, <laughs> I think, Jane, you're going to get him one back for that now. <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think of actors. Uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> um, let's go with Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. That's it. Yeah, because uh, Connor, Connor's got a uh, jack of all trades. He's, uh, he, he plays the guitar and everything too. Nice. Oh, right. Is, is, is this something that people can look up online, Connor? You have like a, a Spotify, a YouTube channel here? Nah, is this sort of a hidden good. talent? Thought <laughs> 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 like you need to get the guitar right now and sing a song, but uh, we'll, we'll do that for next time. Um, uh, again, we'll start with Jaden. Uh, if you weren't an athlete, what would you be? Whoa. Jeez, um, I've always been an athlete. Um, what would I be? Well, I, I did cabinetry, so I would be a cabinetmaker, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I've been an athlete all my life, so that was my main focus. But I also am a full trade of uh, cabinet making. So. Great. You can make a cabinet for your trophies. That's, yeah. that's, that's why you do it, right? That's why you, that's you know, it. it's on the side. Michael Phelps does that, doesn't he? Like, oh, better start being a cabinet maker. All these bloody gold medals. Where am I going to put that's them? That's it. Uh, Connor, yourself. Um, if I wasn't an athlete, I'd probably be obese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might so be the best true. answer we've ever had in that. Um. <laughs> um, same, deal, same deal as Jaden, though. I'm, I'm a uh, sparky by trade, so probably Great. still on tools, yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay, Connor, your guilty pleasure snack. What was that one snack that you always struggled not to eat before the weigh-in? There's too many, Karen, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Probably the biggest would be pizza. I, I like. I would love a pizza. I'm sure. Now, pineapple on pizza, though. What's the answer there? And I like it. Good. Correct no answer. Oh, Jade shakes his head. Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> what about you, Jade? What's a guilty pleasure snack? Not pineapple. Oh, I love, clearly. I, I love my chocolate. 
like, like chocolate. Yeah, is there a particular chocolate? Like, is there, you know, like, are you a dairy milk man? A yeah, dairy, dairy milk, hazelnut. Ah, yes. nice. Okay, I like it. Since I've been back, I kind of uh, discovered this caramel milk sort of craze that seems to happen over here. So it's pretty good. I like yeah. the caramel milk. Um, your favourite song lyric, Jaden? Do you have a favourite song lyric? Well, uh, gone back on Mumford and Sons, uh, Little Iron Man. Um, yeah. yeah. I really fucked it up this time, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's that, that that works well on so many levels. Uh, Connor, do you have a favorite song song lyric? <laughs> um, I, I actually don't know. I couldn't pick one to be honest. I always find that a tricky question. Like it's kind of like it should just be because it's very specific. Like you say, like, yeah. my favorite song, my favorite this. I don't know if many people just go, oh, yeah, I love this. I mean, Jaden, you've got it ready to go. But like it's it's interesting, sort of that one. Yeah. Uh, all right, Connor. The most recent TV show that you binge watched? Um, there's one on Netflix called Atypical, which is okay. pretty good. Yep. Um, it's about a kid with autism and how he kind of goes about his life. It's pretty good. Cool. James? I thought you were going to say The Office, Connor. Because <laughs> we watched that, watched that together. <laughs> yeah, that was close. <laughs> um, actually, the last one I watched, uh, other than The Office, was uh, the Netflix uh, Prison Break. Nice. Again. Yes, they they do get out a few times, don't they? Like I, I feel yeah, like twice. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, three times because of the the chick again. Yeah. Got to got to got to live up to the name of the show, I guess. Um, Jaden, your favorite place in the world to compete? Ooh, to compete. Ooh, ooh, to compete. Um, I I really liked uh, anywhere in Europe. I love competing in Europe. Great. Connor? In terms of atmosphere, it was definitely the Gold Coast. Um, but in terms of the country that I visited, it was just like a nice country. And to hear it was pretty good. <laughs> I can imagine that has its benefits <laughs> to, to compete in. Ta- yeah, yeah. It must be hard, you know, yeah. doing that. <laughs> uh, all right, Connor, your favorite video game? Uh, right now, probably Alien Isolation. Nice. Nice. Okay. Jaden? I haven't played video games since I've had kids, but um, one before I had kids uh, was obviously the Call of Duty. Um, yep. It doesn't matter what which one it was at the time, but um, yeah, Call of Duty for sure. You'll 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 end up playing video games again soon once I get older, right? Like it's kind of it's, you know that 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 joy will return, I think, gradually. Uh, Jaden, your biggest fear in life? Oh, we're getting deep now. Biggest fear in life? Hmm. Oh, geez. Ah, uh, geez. Um. Biggest fear in life. Quite deep, depend oh well, you know, you don't want any of your kids passing away or you know, I guess that that, that would be it. Yeah. That's I, I would hope you would answer that almost. Um Yeah. <laughs> Connor, your yourself. Yeah, kinda I guess same deal. Or take a different option, like rather than like friends or family passing away, which is obvious. Probably growing old. Don't want to grow old. You don't want to grow yeah. old. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look up with Tom Cruise, find out what his secret is. I saw him yeah. on Wimbledon the other day. He's 60. I, I don't know how he's 60. He looks like he's 25. He looks younger than me. Um, Scientology. Yeah, something going on there. Last question. All right, Connor, what can you not live without? Um, I don't know. Oxygen. Yeah. Again, <laughs> should be answered more. I don't know why people don't answer that. 
<laughs> it's kind of I'll be water, food, you know, like it's sort of take it literal. I like the literal yeah. answers on this show. Jaden, you know, is is it is that a literal answer? <laughs> yeah, well, no, 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 literal. I, I would hate to have like sport in general. Just mm-hmm. yeah, sport. Yeah, because um, me and Connor are quite sporty, and watching different types of sports as well. Um, so <laughs> like, yeah, sport. Itself is it is general. it a case of? Uh, I mean, depending obviously where we are in the country, it depends on what code of football you watch. But I mean, you know, are you an AFL, an NRL guy, Jaden, kind of, you know, and then with Connor, when you've come here, do you kind of get shoved on teams in these sort of respective leagues? <laughs> I'm a I'm a big NRL fan, uh, West Tigers fan. Um, not because I'm in Sydney. I don't watch AFL at all. But Connor there, yeah, I know he does both. So. All right, Connor. Okay, West Tigers, not too bad. Uh, not the worst team. Uh, Connor, yourself. Like, who who are you cheering for in the competitions? Then, um, I, I just like watching both. To be honest, like I'll go Storm and the Rugby because I live in Melbourne. But um, AFL, like as long as it's a good game, I'm I'm happy to watch. So you're a Collingwood supporter, then you just don't want to admit it. Hawthorne's the answer for that one. Living, living, growing up in Tasmania, you start to hate them more. Given that every time they bloody won, we had to pay them money. So I was like, "Fuck off!" No, like, go away. Like, they're not paying you a cent. <laughs> just, just, just go away there, guys. It's been a lot of fun to chat with you today and learn a bit more about the sport. For both of you, plug yourselves. Do you, do you have social media? Is anything that people can sort of uh, follow on on how things are going forward? There, sort of, uh, yeah, plug whatever you like right now. Well, me and Connor actually have our own kind of business going on <laughs> together. Great. Um, the elite, elite, uh, elite seminars. Elite wrestling. What, 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 what do we call it, Connor? Elite wrestling seminars. And what, what? so is that just going around and teaching wrestling, talking about wrestling? Kind yeah. of like what, yeah. what does that entail? Yeah, pretty much just um, like say, going around trying to um, get more people exposed to sports. So between myself and Jaden, we're coaching a lot of um, MMA gyms. So um generally get people involved for that but the seminars are open to anyone that wants to come and try it so we um we're open to anyone if you've never tried it before come come have a crack um it's a bit hard right now because of the lockdowns but as soon as we're open again we plan on doing them all over australia great and is there a website can people sort of uh you know look into it if they are uh, interested just just our instagram and facebook and it's um elite wrestling seminars and we can uh we're pretty responsive on that so if you do want to get in touch with us then yeah it's the best way to do it Fantastic. Awesome. Well, uh, I'm sure if anyone's listening, then they're uh, intrigued to do it up. They'll, they'll hit you up and get there and you can find our future, our, our first ever wrestling medalist in, in, in the Olympics. You know, that's what we want, right? Guys, yeah. it, it has been a pleasure. Connor, for you, obviously, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure and I, I love hearing that accent. I'm sure you get that all the time, but as somebody's quarter Scottish, <laughs> it, it always makes me happy when I hear a good old Scottish accent. So thank you. Are you, are you Glasgow I'm, I'm Celtic, any team. other team or am yeah, I offending? Yeah. Celtic, all right, cool. All yeah. right, just want to just want to point that out. Uh, and Jaden, for yourself, nothing wrong with your accent. It's kind of similar to mine, so I'm kind of used to it. But uh, appreciate your time on the show, mate, and uh, thanks for joining us as well. Uh, been a pleasure. Thanks very much. thanks to both Jaden and Connor there a lot of fun as I said at the very beginning I was very excited to learn about this sport and uh, I think we did exactly that today learning a little bit more about that so thanks both to Jaden and Connor for their time and also a big thanks to the folks over at Wrestling Australia for arranging that chat 
for us as well. Given, as I said at the beginning of this and as we learned in that chat, that neither of these guys unfortunately going to Tokyo or Australia is lacking wrestling competitors for the first time since Antwerp. If my research is correct, if anybody wants to uh, correct me on that, please feel free to. But uh, yeah, real shame that uh, potentially we're really not going to see any coverage of that, unfortunately, during the games on Channel 7. So uh, if anyone from Channel 7 are listening, and I clearly know that they are clearly big listeners to the show, because we always only say kind things about the network here on Off the Podium, uh, please, I implore you, show wrestling at some point. It might not be something that Australians competing in, but we still want to see it, because this is one of those sports that I think we need to be exposed to, to help out people who are maybe going to watch the Olympics, and kids who are watching for the very first time, they see wrestling, they get it spurred into them, and then maybe who knows in 10 15 20 years time we're going to have an australian medal in the sport of wrestling for the very first time so uh, channel 7 please keep that up we we, we want to see that in the meantime uh we have got some great coverage coming your way still ahead of the tokyo olympics we've been teasing a lot for you in our last few episodes and we're going to have another interview coming your way this time with a tokyo olympian a guy who is Probably right now, as we speak, already over in Tokyo. This interview was recorded a few weeks ago. But uh, Colin sat down with five-time, soon-to-be five-time U.S. Olympian Abdi Abdurrahman, who is a marathon runner, has also competed in the 10,000 metres, competed way back in Sydney, in Athens, in Beijing, in London. Unfortunately, didn't make the team in Rio, but he's back to make the team in Tokyo. And I believe the oldest competitor for the U.S. athletics team at the Olympics. So an incredible achievement here. And he's got a great story. He's got a book coming out. So uh, Colin talks a little bit about the story in the book and sort of his amazing story and how he was able to crack the U.S. Olympic team in his 40s, still beating out some of these younger kids. Colin got excited in this interview because basically it gives him a bit of hope that he can still make an Olympic team maybe one day. So uh, a fantastic chat and uh, we'll be our last chat with an actual Tokyo Olympian before the Games, unless all of a sudden uh, somebody decides to give us a call. One of the Campbell sisters goes, hey, guys, we actually really love Off the Podium. You spur us on. Maybe a last-minute interview with them. We don't know. But uh, great last chance to hear from an athlete about to compete in Tokyo ahead of these Olympics. Then after that interview, we potentially have another interview lined up with a former Olympian. So uh, we're just kind of ironing out the details, and hopefully that will happen before the Games so we can air that before the Games. But uh, whether that happens or not, the two big ones that will happen before our daily coverage of Tokyo 2020, we have our massive preview episode of the Olympics that we are going to bring to you. Now, of course, in the past, we uh, did a big preview episode ahead of Pyeongchang, and our very first uh, episode of Off the Podium back in 2016 was sort of more of an introductory episode for us as well as looking ahead to the Rio Olympics. But we're going to go in depth. We're going to we're going to go through the medal prospects for Australia and Canada. We're going to talk up where we're going to finish. We're even going to do our predictions of medals. I believe we did that for Gold Coast. We didn't do it for Pyeongchang. So I've already put it to Colin and to Jared that we're going to come up with a, a, an accurate prediction to see who of us gets closest to predicting where both Australia and Canada end up on the medal tally because the AOC have come out and said no we are not doing a medal prediction this time around it puts too much pressure on the athletes well we've said to the AOC we'll do it for you instead they actually haven't gotten our message yet but we're going to do it anyway and we will predict that and have a lot of fun with that one so that will drop uh, we're looking probably around Tuesday or Wednesday next week. And then before our first daily episode, reviewing the opening ceremony and going through everything that we love and don't love about that, we will have potentially an emergency episode, which again sounds weird. An emergency episode is usually just an episode recorded out of the blue, but this is, we're kind of planning for it. As is expected on the eve of the Tokyo Olympics, Brisbane should be officially signed off 
as the host of the 2032 Olympics, which will create so many levels of history. The first time a host city has been awarded that far away from an Olympic Games. We're talking 11 years away from an Olympic Games. And of course, it will be the third time Australia would have been a host of the Olympic Games after Melbourne in 1956 and Sydney in 2000. So this is a big deal for Australia. And should it all be officially signed off, the vote given the go, Jared and I will sit down and we will go over what that means for Australia and everything else in between. And if Colin, again, wants to come on and talk, then he's most welcome to. So uh, stay tuned for all of that along the way. So much to cover. So exciting that the Olympics are here and we are about to get really busy and bring you some great content. If you want to stay up to date with us, of course, subscribe to the podcast, all the relevant channels, of course, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, you name it, we're on all of them. And, of course, social media, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Search Off The Podium Podcast on Facebook and Off The Podium Pod is our username on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you use a hashtag OTP and we like it, we will read it out on air. So uh, if you want to get involved with us and uh, communicate with us, that's how you do it. Hashtag OTP. Big thanks to Jade, big thanks to Connor, and a big thanks to Wrestling Australia once more. My name is Ben. This has been Off The Podium, and we'll speak to you next time. Turn me down, turn me down.